Hello and welcome to More Than Tracy Turnblad, the podcast about fat representation in entertainment. My name is Abby Rose Morris, and today I'm interviewing Jenna Lee Miller, who is a New York City-based actress, theater and brand coach, and social media manager. We've got such a cool conversation coming up, talking all things branding, and obviously going off in some very random and fun tangents as you do. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about an amazing piece of fat positive media in honor of season three being released recently. Let's talk about Shrill. I love Shrill as I think it's a pretty universal consensus that Shrill is amazing. I first read the book Shrill, which is Lindy West's memoir, and I read this back in like maybe 2017, 2016. Um, I was like a sophomore in college. It was the first time I had ever heard a fat person talk about what it was like to be fat. And I had literally never, 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 ever related to anything so much as this memoir. It was an amazing, amazing moment. And the idea for my solo show and this podcast like low-key came out of a part of this memoir where Lindy West writes about all the representations of fat people she had growing up. So I was super excited when I heard they were making it into a show and they did not disappoint. They did an amazing job with it. I love this show. I don't think I could say a single bad thing about it. So I'm going to say a bunch of good things now. Um, if this doesn't convince you to watch real, I don't know it will. <laughs> so first of all, that lead character. And because this show was written not only by a fat person, but literally based on a fat person's personal experience on their memoir, Uh, This show really gets the fat experience correct, at least mine. Um, (laughs) And I just think it is so necessary. And I really think it's done a lot to bring these conversations about fat phobia into the mainstream and to just show a fat person living their life, having fun, having sex, having friends, having work and and advocating for fat people and for fat liberation. So A.D. Bryant is the lead of Shrill. It's a character based on Lindy West, has a lot of the experiences that Lindy West describes in her memoir and more. And her character is so wonderful because she addresses the pain of being fat and the reasons why it sucks and the difficulties that come along with existing in a fat body and does this throughout the entire show, but also like finds her willingness to advocate for herself and for other fat people and um, it really gets those two things right where you see like her not limiting herself and so in that way it's like this aspirational thing like as a fat person watching it I'm like oh like you know I can have sex because I I thought I couldn't have sex because I didn't see any fat people ever having sex in the media um so (laughs) hopefully uh kids today will be growing up with shrill maybe not kid kids but like teens and they won't have that thought and um you know, she has a, a job. She's not obsessed with food. She has friends. She has fun. She has great clothes. Like all of those things are things that fat people ha- can internalize that we cannot have and don't have access to because we don't see it. Um, but the truth is a lot of those things you can give yourself access to. And a lot of those things fat people just naturally already do have some access to. And of course, this depends on the person and other intersections and privileges. But it's 
I think such a more realistic view of the fat experience. The only thing that's not realistic is uh, the clothes because those clothes are so freaking cute. Where are those plus size clothes? Where? 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 Someone on TikTok said they should release a shrill clothing line and like plus size people would eat it up because all the clothes are custom made because they don't make plus size clothes that cute. Um, But yeah, they need to release a, a shrill plus size clothing line. I will be first in line. I will buy everything. <laughs> But yeah, you have that like aspirational aspect to it and that like possibility that you see. And then you also have the acknowledgement of all the discrimination that fat people face. It addresses the medical discrimination and the unsolicited comments from strangers and family members and the struggles that come with always feeling like you have to be dieting and trying to change your body and, you know, just everything. The other amazing thing about the show is that it has it has this character of Fran, Annie's best friend, uh, who is this badass black fat lesbian. And one of my guests said in an interview, they saw these two fat people having a conversation that was just two people having a conversation and wasn't about like fat tropes, wasn't about food, whatever, and just cried because it's so freaking rare, like two fat leads insane 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 i said this too when i talked about thunder force like having two fat people in a movie is revolutionary in itself because when there are two characters they have to be different from each other in order to serve the story unless it's like a joke about how they're twins or something like the army hammers in (laughs) the social network but like they have to be different from each other to move the story along so like getting these two different fat characters in anything is automatically going to combat some some fat trope also if they're leads they're gonna be developed you know and like having a fat person as like the star vehicle lead is so rare i can count on one hand like the number of things there is a fat lead 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 in um certainly on both hands there might be five or six off the top of my head um but shrill is one of them so thank goodness i adore this show so much i totally recommend season three i'm i'm like halfway through it i've been watching with my little sister so we have to wait till we both have time to watch so that's why i'm not caught up there is one really interesting episode of it where uh the lead character of annie even like confronts her internalized fat phobia when she's set up on a date with a fat guy by her friend and is like why did you set us up because we're fat like basically just fuck you for thinking that like I should go with the only fat guy and um that's like absolutely valid because I think that does happen but it's also like says a lot about how even fat people internalize the idea that other fat people are worth less and that they would only be set up together because they're both fat um so I really wanted to mention that episode because I've been thinking about it a lot and I have been thinking about it especially in context of these conversations we've been having on social media recently about how fat men are often the most fat phobic toward fat women especially in like dating contexts and it was it was really interesting choice of them to give this lead character such like a big like flawed moment and she really makes mistakes and like is flawed and that's great characters should be flawed
and uh, having a fat character who actually has flaws is like and is struggling with their own internalized stuff about being fat they're just they're not just one note confident all the time like that is so important to show too and I think Shrill does it in a really great way where you can tell that Annie's a good person and is the protagonist and you want to root for her and she's likable and then she makes a mistake and and you see her in in her fullness and fat people should be seen in our fullness in media because we never freaking are okay go watch shrill season three if you have not already if you haven't watched seasons one and two you should certainly do that as well also absolutely read the book 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 it's so good (laughs) and read everything lindy west has ever written okay now without further ado my interview with jenna lee miller Jenna. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, anytime. I'm so excited that you're here. So let's let's jump in at the beginning. And will you give us your origin story in the arts? Yes. So I my story starts when I was three years old. Um, I was actually singing before I was really talking. And I was that annoying kid to their mom that was like, how do you sing? How do you breathe? How do you hit that high note? How do you do this? How do you do that? And she was like, oh my. You're literally the singer of thank you for the music. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And my mother who, you know, God bless her, she's a nurse, talented in different ways, is not artistic in that kind of way so she's like i'm getting you a coach so that is when i got my first coach and i started actually singing in church um and then obviously after i did my first musical i was hooked i was so (laughs) hooked and then i grew up doing theater and then i went to otterbein university and got my bfa in musical theater moved to new york and now here we are here we are (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) So through all of that, when and how did like size and fat phobias start to show up for you? Yeah. So the first thing I want to say is I've had a very privileged perspective when it comes to fat phobia in our Mm -hmm. industry that I have never had any really traumatic incidents but with that being said you know something that i noticed even in college was i consider myself a dancer like dancer like kick her face strong double like we're here for it and i was never considered a dancer due to how i looked in my school and then when i went out to do audition seasons and booked contracts i consecutively was cast as the dance captain and it was kind of that kind of mindset that i was like hmm why is it at school that it's so different than when I go out in auditions and I'm getting contracts and people are seeing me like, oh, she's a dancer. And it was solely because, you know, 
people saw me as curvy, fat, you know, and that to Mm -hmm. them equaled, oh, she's not a dancer. So it's interesting to see how labels can affect people. For sure. And it's also interesting how the educational settings are sometimes so much more closed-minded than the actual professional world. Yes, yes. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you have any other like experiences in your educational life that kind of had that contrast? Yeah. I mean, I was told in college to, I was never told to lose weight specifically, but I was told to be as fit and within type Mm -hmm. as I can before I graduate, which like, I totally get like, I go to the gym five days a week. Like I'm like a fit person, but Mm -hmm. just because I look the way I am doesn't mean that I'm not fit. And I think that's where the disconnect is. Um, that sometimes educators who are not in it, you know, that they've left the industry to teach don't get that connection anymore. And that things have started to shift towards um like a more kind of holistic and inclusive view of people obviously we have a long way to go but (laughs) i don't think it's as cutthroat as a lot of educators think it is yeah i i agree that there has slowly been a shift i will say that in college after i graduated college i gained about 15 pounds because the last semester of out of mind you don't internship i interned at terror room and casting and during my time there just because i couldn't take dance classes it was a normal nine to five sit at a desk job that i wasn't being as active and i gained about 15 pounds and it was amazing because my junior senior year people uh, specifically in college were like i don't know where to put you like yeah. you're not you're not normal cookie cutter dancer mm-hmm. type but you're also not plus sized right and i was like does it matter but in mm-hmm. my head that's what i was thinking but after i did gain that little bit of weight after i graduated I was put in the plus sized, I'm using quote marks, you can't see me, it's a podcast, but (laughs) I was put in that (laughs) plus size box Mm -hmm. and people were like, oh, I know where to put her now. And it's funny because I have never gotten more offers than I did that audition season because people know where to put me now. And I think that's, you know, as much as I would like to say it's sad or exciting because people know where to put me i think from my perspective like why do we have to live in a box this is why i hate typecasting so much yes i hate it so much and i could go on a tangent for 12 years about it but we literally go off like (laughs) yes okay here we go you know we as humans don't live within these types these boxes and you know, speaking specifically as a social media manager, neither should your social media. Mm. Your social media should not be a one note kind of thing, but I, that's a tangent. But, you know, we don't live in boxes. So why should the characters we play yeah. live in a box? You know? For sure. 
I'm going to ask you a follow-up to that, something that I've been asked on TikTok before, which is, can you think of any shows, movies, TV shows, whatever, where the characters don't live in those boxes and that are, like, really great examples to you? Ooh. Hmm. Okay, let me think. Um, I think of people that have somewhat pushed, like, outside of the box, like, um, you know, Jesse Mueller or someone that is not necessarily like very tiny, but Mm -hmm. also not plus size that I think we're going in the right direction. But I don't know if I have a specific answer to that. Do you have an answer to that? I don't know. I mean, I guess I would think like shows where the characters are really complex. One that comes to mind is Parade because like Lucille is actually historically and canonically fat. She's never cast that way, but <laughs> she is technically. She gets call- called fat by Jim Conley in the courtroom scene. I wouldn't know this if I hadn't been in the show in college. It's like a split <laughs> second. But um, yeah. yeah, that's one that comes to mind for me because Ooh. the characters are based on real people. And so they're very complex. And Lucille technically was fat, at least at the time that the trial was going on. And it was like literally lambasted in the media. Um, yeah, I've been wanting to talk about You're that show on this podcast. Mind. Thank You're you blowing for blowing my mind. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. If it is text driven, yeah. where there is proof of it in the text. That's where I'm like, it's not me. It's the industry. Yeah. That's putting on these norms. Yeah. I mean, and with that one, it's an interesting case because it's in the text, but it's a complex character. And I find that those are usually the characters that end up being played by thin actors. Those are usually the ones where they go to it um, and they'll sort of ignore the like canonical evidence. Uh, I have a a host of examples, um, but yeah, that one pops to my mind because it's so not mentioned yeah for that one time (laughs) absolutely yeah so with all that type and branding and stuff i know that can be a really intimidating word to me and sometimes maybe other plus size actors will relate to this because it's like oh fuck my brand is that i'm fat (laughs) um so i'm wondering like how do you combat that as like a branding coach and a social media expert yeah so i want to note two things here because brand and type are two completely different things your brand you have control over it is how you control what other people are saying behind your back versus type which is the external perception of what others view you as Mm -hmm. now your type needs to be included in your brand but it is not your brand Like you are, again, you are so much more than just your type. And that's one of the things that I think you should, and we should be pushing the envelope as to what we should be playing as plus size artists. And I think that is on us as well to promote that. And I think that's the beauty of branding. It doesn't have to be this icky thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And the second thing I'll say is like half the battle is just showing up. Like yeah. just just do the freaking thing. Like just show up and be authentic to yourself and 
don't care. Like I always say unfollows are a good thing because you're really niching down as to who your community is. You want people that engage, that like, that respect you, that lift you up. And you know, the unfollows are just, those aren't your peeps. You say, thank you next, you know, mm-hmm. but the more that you share vulnerably about who you are, which includes your type and how you look, um, because you should be showing your face on social media. Um, The more you do that, the easier it will become. And you just, the first step is showing up. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great answer. Thank you. Thank you. That like cleared up stuff for me. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Already feeling a little freer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. So, oh my gosh, this is going to sound so silly, but do you have any advice about taking pictures of yourself? (gasps) I struggle with so much. And like, I think part of it is just like seeing the reality of my body. And then also just like the energy that it takes. Like, it's just a lot of like emotional energy. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I use this app called Lens Buddy. It is how I take photos so I don't have to constantly hitting the timer on the camera and it is great because you can be more in your body and like kind of flow with it and move and changing like look at yourself so it's like you just set a time you hit it once and it'll take like 15 pictures of you and it has been a game changer to taking photos but also like pump yourself up like put on that jam music like i always have pictures i always have music playing when i take pictures like yeah for my social media because it helps it like i feel really free when i'm like dancing you know alone in my bedroom like jamming out mm-hmm. so kind of emulate that as much as you can when you feel the freest that's such great advice i love that so much Okay, so you have played Tracy Turnblad not one, but two times. <laughs> How was <is> that? <laughs> um, so if I'm being honest, the first time I saw Hairspray on Broadway, I was like, I was sobbing during the curtain call because for me, it was the first time where I saw someone who looked like me mm-hmm. up on stage playing a lead playing the lead like talk about like she is a star vehicle character she carries the show and you know the first time i did it it was like full circle moment like it was freaking amazing but i think while on one hand the show needs some updating to reflect the current times But on the other hand, I think it tells stories and lessons that we need to hear right now. And I think it is more relevant than ever. Um, Not only not only when we're talking about, you know, social injustices, but also fat phobia. Yeah, for sure. And also, like, what an amazing role for you as someone who's, like, always been a dancer and been sort of sidelined because of your body. Like, mwah, beautiful fit. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I would honestly play Tracy Turnblad until I died because 
I think she stands for a lot of the things that I stand for. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice when you find a character that meshes with you so well. For sure. You know, it's so funny that you said playing Tracy Turnblad until you die because that was like my tagline in <laughs> high school and college, like complaining about how there were no like fat roles or like people wouldn't consider me for anything but Tracy Turnblad. Not yeah. that I wouldn't love to play Tracy Turnblad. I absolutely would. <laughs> but um, I was I remember being like, I'm going to play Tracy Turnblad until I'm 40. Like and then I'm going to play moms. That's all there is for me. Um, and it was always yeah. like kind of a complaint, even though I do love Tracy and you know what? Yeah. If someone wanted to consistently employ me as Tracy till I'm 40, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so have you had any experiences that were like sort of breaking that like quote type end quote or or anything that's been like particularly affirming to you as a larger bodied actor? Yeah. I think the more we can ask for what we want unapologetically, the more people will respect that. Mm -hmm. So I have found myself, you know, if we rewind, even like five years ago, when I was in college, I found myself, you know, when you fill out an audition form, it's like, what roles are you going for? Right. And I found myself thinking, oh, I can only put like the character roles on there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I found I myself like feeling that guilt where it's like they won't see me as that. So I shouldn't even do it, you right. know, because, for example, like most theaters, there was a swell of theaters doing Beauty and the Beast a few years ago. Right. And if I'm being honest, like I see myself as a bell. I see a lot of the same characteristics that I personally have in in Belle. And I would love to play her, but I found that I was only getting callbacks for the wardrobe, which like I even played the wardrobe a few times. But I think the more that we just put it out there, like this is what I'm going for, the more people will start to see that and respect that decision yeah i always wanted to play the wardrobe which is so funny <laughs> i just um i was like really into opera as a kid and i was like that's how i can apply this to musical theater <laughs> so the wardrobe was always my dream which is so funny but with those things i'm like did i talk myself out of it because i knew bell wasn't a possibility like there must have been a reason that i as a kid was super into beauty and the beast and watched it like a shit ton of times like there must have been a part of me that secretly like loved bell you know yeah of course i i think that is some of the reality that even in the past couple of years that i've had to work on myself that yeah. it's like so much of it is mindset that it's like mm -hmm. what am i afraid of like that they'll say no like yeah. think of how many times we get said no to anyway so like true. even even if we're going in for a role that is our type like yeah. we hear it all the time like what what is the difference that is holding me back and then once that started happening i was like oh okay we, we yeah. gotta mix things up you know Mm -hmm. And then that's when I like decided to revamp my book and like find songs that represent me, not just my type. I'm totally going through that right now. Um, 
Also, I will say what I'm afraid of, and I like know this very clearly, is I'm afraid they will think that I am stupid because I don't know they're only going to see me as like fat character lady. Does that make sense? I completely understand yeah, that. I'm afraid of like yep. being laughed at. I'm not be afraid of no. I can handle no. I'm afraid <laughs> of them being like, oh, that's cute. Like, what is she thinking? Right. You know? <laughs> Like how yeah. pathetic that she thinks we'd ever consider, which is so gross. But I think that gross. my intention for, you know, moving forward and with the theater world reopening a little bit is to <laughs> do that with intention and do that with like, no, I'm going to stand my ground and do what I like the material that I like, even if it's not like in type. Yep. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. We we got to ask for what we want because, you know, if we don't ask no one will ever know yeah people can't read our minds so something that has come up on this podcast a few times is voice type and particularly in the episode that just dropped this past monday we're recording this in late april um that's the one with lexi schreiber so we discussed like how there is sometimes a pressure that fat actresses feel to belt really high or like that they have to belt really high. And I'm wondering, have you felt that? How has that showed up for you? And have you ever experienced the cognitive dissonance of like having your vocal type not be your type type? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, this is an interesting question because Speaking personally, I didn't start belting until college. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, what is this? Like, (laughs) I was going to, you know, auditions for Summerstock during college. Mm -hmm. I found that sometimes when I didn't belt, they, I didn't get callbacks. Yeah. And it was interesting because if you look at the classically plus size characters, normally 90% of the time they are belting. It is so true. So I think, yes, I have definitely seen that, but I will say, I think that is one of the things that is shifting, especially now that there is more pop rock contemporary stuff opening more frequently. That it's like cool to like mix your belt with your mix with your chest voice with your soprano. Like it is now considered like funky and cool to do that as to like a decade ago, it was taboo, you know? Yeah, especially because um, someone told me once rock musicals are a lot more like progressive regarding body size like those are yeah yeah, because they're you know there's like less rules and it's more of like just about style and presence and fun and um it's less like do you fit this narrow type yeah i completely see that i'm all about it yeah and so now that you know there's a lot more musicals that are like more folksy and have a different kind of musical style That is a great way to think about it because I was like, I mean, I grew up doing like legit singing and doing a lot of opera and voice lessons. And um, for a while, I really struggled with belting in like middle high school. And um, I had like a really bad voice change, which I 
don't have not heard many women talk about, but I, puberty absolutely cleft my voice in two. And yeah. so, like suddenly it was so, so difficult for me to sing like much of anything for like years. But belting came back first after that. Like I was more confident mm-hmm. in belting first. And I remember thinking like, oh, I have to teach myself to belt really high because that's like that's like what's going to be expected to me. But yeah. like secretly I was thinking that's all I have to offer. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely. And that's too, again, going back to the mindset. It's like how much of what we're doing is we're talking ourselves out of it based on society norms that we're so used to. Right. You know, for sure. And I mean, there's there's like. I guess something that has been a refrain for me when I'm talking myself out of stuff is like, oh, I don't want to waste anybody's time, like mine or theirs. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like what I've come to is like, if this is the thing that like makes me happy and brings me joy, like that's not wasting my time. Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree with that. So have there been any fat characters beyond Tracy in entertainment, media, whatever, that have strongly impacted you, especially as you were growing up? I mean, if we're talking, you know, in musicals, I think of like Edo Annie and I think of Jan in Greece and obviously Tracy that just had a huge impact that it was just like, when I was younger, I used to think that was the only things I could play. Right. Or like Orfe in Legally Blonde or things like that, that it's like, I can only play these character-y roles. Yeah. Yeah. So any of of those really, when I saw someone who was plus-sized, I was like, oh, or, ooh, ooh, ooh. When I went to go see a Broadway show and whenever there was an all-company number, I would look around and be like, oh, where's the plus-size woman? Oh my God, me too. Yes. And if I'd there was like, one, she was like a size six. I, <laughs> I, I have such a distinct memory of going to see How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying and like noticing this one woman on stage who was like in the dance ensemble and was like maybe like a size or two bigger than all of the other like yeah. very thin dancer girls. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to be as thin as those dancer girls. I can be as thin as the bigger dancer. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because. There were shows like I remember going to see like Sunset Boulevard, which there is one, one character. She's one of the people says, oh, look at that fat girl. And of course, she was played by a plus size character. And that was the one. All the rest were so tiny, so skinny. And I was like, "Okay, I guess that's my track. Like, (laughs) I guess. Oh, God, I still have that to a degree. Yeah, it's a a long process of unlearning. It is. Um, Do you have any from like movies? movies and TV. Hmm. You know, it's interesting that you say that because nothing really jumps out at me, which I think is an answer in itself. Yeah. <laughs> that I can't even think of any. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. No huge characters jump out to me when it comes to movies. But I will say I was so zeroed in on musical yeah. theater that it was like Jan, Ido Annie. You know, that one. So you qualify an Edo Annie as like a plus size character? I think so. Really? Yes, I do. Is there textual evidence? You know, I think, well, you have to think like in the history of it that like 
pioneer women were stick figures. Like they had some heft to them. And I think for me too, I always kind of make the characterization when it's like funny, spunky, mm-hmm. sidekick. Oh, she could be plus sized. Like, oh, she yeah, could yeah, be yeah. played by a fat person too. For sure. For sure. It's so interesting that you say her specifically because I distinctly remember being like 16 or 17 and my like one of my directors that I worked with in high school who has like worked in the industry a lot and still is. I basically like went to her for advice about type and she was she listed Ado Annie. She was like, you could be Ado Annie. I was like, no, I couldn't. She's sexy. oh interesting and i remember distinctly my director goes she's easy that doesn't necessarily mean sexy (laughs) oh interesting yeah Ooh, because that's really interesting because i often think of like those charactery plus size characters as being like sassy sexy yeah 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 that like also like there's like a line you know is sassy sexy like you know i think about like the sour kangaroo oh yeah yeah interesting yeah i would never think of the sour kangaroo as sexy but she so is she is so (laughs) sexy heck yeah so i think that's interesting as well i also think though the first couple times I saw Oklahoma, she was played by a plus size actress. I see. And I yeah. think that definitely influenced me as well. For sure. Yeah, definitely. It's it's amazing how seeing one person who looks like you on stage can impact you for the rest of your freaking life. Yep. Like it really can. Yep. Dang. I saw plus size Mrs. Lovett and I've always thought of Mrs. Lovett as plus size. <laughs> me too. Oh, I, I do too. I yeah. definitely do Even too. Though, like, Angela Lansbury definitely isn't. <laughs> and Helena Bonham Carter definitely isn't. <laughs> but that's always been like, oh, no, we own that one because I saw <laughs> yeah, I saw a fat actress do it um, the first time I saw the show and I was young and she was phenomenal. And uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It has when you see that one person, it's you cling to it. You do. Because it's like someone else did it. I can do it too. Yeah. And that is a lot of the time how our brains work. And that's why it's so hard to rewire them and think like, no, I can go in there and fucking sing something from like, she loves me. Like, I can do that. Yeah. And if they're going to laugh me out, that's that's on them. But like, I, I there's nothing stopping me from doing that, you know? Yeah. That, mm-hmm. And that's, that's where it, there is somewhat of a like... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, that's on us to make that decision, to take the first step. I think to a degree it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think some of it, the responsibility does lay on us to like put ourselves out there, Mm -hmm. but it's on them to see if it's, you know, received well or not. Right. Yeah. I usually do cast me cowards at the end, but I'm thinking we'll do it now. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> let's do it. It is time for Cast Me Cowards, where you take one role that you should play that you wouldn't be traditionally cast in and tell me what that is. Yeah. I would freaking love to play Adrian in Rocky, the musical. I love Rocky. I love Rocky too. 
I saw it on Broadway and I was like, I want to play her. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same. I, I remember having that moment, but it was like specifically, I want to sing. I'm done. Yes. Such so a good, good song. So yeah. good. So in college, we do this musical theater, like lab class, basically mm-hmm. where we have to sing a song from that is like, really really old and then a song that's really like on broadway current and at the time i had just been on winter break and i saw rocky and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna sing rocky and i sang raining which if you've never heard the song it's amazing and um so i sang the song and that was the first time where i got the type of like feedback where it was like, oh, I could see you playing her. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, what? I was like, she's <laughs> not my type. I was like, I would right. love to. And then that was really when I was like, wait, I could play her. Like, yeah. I could play her. Um, so, yeah. For sure. And that is like, if you're listening to this and you like can see, I mean, especially a person who wouldn't traditionally be cast in that role, like if you can see someone playing a role, tell them because it's going to make their day. Like it is. Yes, someone commented yes. on one of my TikToks and said, you'd be a great Rizzo. And I was like, what? And, like, I'm still thinking about it. Oh, I see that. I Thank completely you. see it. Okay. See, I do not. I was like, I'm Jan or nothing. But <gasps> then someone said it and I was like, maybe I can see it now, you know? I can see it. Come on. You got that sassy, yes, I'm going to speak my mind kind of attitude. Thank I'm about you. it. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's like so, I, it's like com- it completely blows my mind to think of myself as a believable Rizzo. Like blows my mind, like brain exploding. <laughs> because I don't know if this is just like the way that I roll or just like how things are in my life or I just see things very black and white but like I literally was like no fat people don't have sex like it was that hard line (laughs) think of like myself playing a character that got pregnant I was like well no one will believe this Mm -hmm. yeah and I was like I was not even like a larger fat person like I've always been like small fat mid-sized cusp like what these things are ridiculous it's literally like it's ingrained in us. Yeah, it's like brainwashing. It really is. It really is. Then when you can finally take a step out of it, you just, it's just so absurd. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny that we talk about this because that same class that I was talking about, I sang You'd Be Surprised and Raining in my final project for the mm-hmm. really old song and really current song. And that the director saw my performance that day. And that night... This is a wild story. That night, we the school production was Into the Woods, and I went in full force for Little Red. And solely because, what was it? Shakespeare in the Park was doing Into the Woods, and I got called in to audition for Little Red because they were going to cast her as a plus-sized actress and it was in my mind even though i knew 
I love the baker's wife. I personally see myself as the baker's wife. Yeah. I knew I was like, oh, I'm only a sophomore. Oh, I'm plus size. They won't see me that way. So I went mm -hmm. in full force, wore a red dress, brought cookies in for the people. <laughs> like so I, I went full out and yeah. I got a call back for Little Red, the only call back I got. And so we had that performance of you be surprised and raining in the morning. And then at night, the callbacks for Into the Woods happened. I went in fully ready to sing, you know, the little red material. And the director goes, so do you know the baker's wife? Like, how familiar are you with the show? And I was like, oh, it's one of my favorite shows. And he was like, great. Um, could you sing Moments in the Woods? which was the callback material for the baker's wife at the time. Mm -hmm. And the music director put out her hand to hand me the sheet music. And the director was like, oh, no, no, she knows it whenever you're ready. <laughs> Let me tell you, thank the Lord above, I am a musical theater nerd and knew the show and <laughs> that song because I sang the song and he goes, brilliant. And then the next the next week when the cast list out, I was cast as the baker's wife. That's an amazing story. I love that so much. <laughs> I knew what the ending was going to be because I tried to stalk your website when I was writing questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> for those listening, good. I mean, and for me, even though I knew the outcome, very good story. Oh, my God. I love that so yeah. much for you. Into the Woods is a show where I have always identified strongly with the witch because of the beauty storyline and like how like beauty and power and like what are you willing to give up for one or the other. And um, I just have always felt like the witch in my soul and mm -hmm. and everybody has been like you should be <laughs> the baker's wife, if anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, sure, I, was... I, I, I could do it, but like, I, yeah. I'd be happy. I'd be I'd play any damn shrub in that show but um <laughs> the witch is the dream i've always loved witches and i think this is a good show too that showcases that women of any type could play any of those roles i totally agree like there's no reason why a plus size person couldn't play cinderella couldn't play the steps one of my guests actually couldn't did. play yeah, couldn't play the witch, couldn't play the baker's wife. There's no reason why mm -hmm. any of the characters couldn't be played by anyone, which is one of the reasons why I love Into the Woods. It's, I feel like that way about a lot of Sondheim stuff because he doesn't write in the tropes. Yes. And yeah, I mean, I think Dot and Sunday in the Park with George could totally be played by a plus size woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like also just most most of the male characters too like oh yeah you know what's so funny is i was shocked when james corden was cast as the baker in the movie because i had never seen like a larger bodied guy play the baker the yeah. lead and it's so crazy how that stuff just gets into your subconscious and when when especially in musical theater some the same look of person is always cast in one role you just start thinking like that role is for that. But yep. like there's nothing in the script that says that. There's yep. nothing in the script that says that for a lot of these roles. And then sometimes there are things in the script that say it gratuitously and unnecessarily. <laughs> I'm mostly looking at mid-20th century plays. But um, <laughs> I find so many character descriptions that are like attractive. Yeah. Slender. Like 
And then it has no bearing on the story except that, like, maybe she has a boyfriend or something. (laughs) (laughs) But even that, like... Honestly, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's crazy how these things are, like, so upheld when they are, at the end of the day, fake. And then even when we know lots of people in our lives who are, like, plus size and living their life, like that's that becomes like cognitive dissonance because tv has gotten so in your head like yeah it's crazy yep and it's also i remember when i was younger and new musicals like brand new works would come out Mm -hmm. and i would go on google and be like okay where's the one plus size track because if there wasn't one in an original musical I would never be looked at for that. Oh, you know? God, I totally feel that. Oh, my God. I latch on to dogfight so hard as I yes. school as so hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as so I'm good. sure many of us can relate to. That's an interesting <laughs> an interesting character because I believe she is called fat by other characters. And in the script, yeah. it says perhaps overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember someone that I went to college with and I were talking about that show once. And she said, I feel like the writers wrote a plus size character and then wimped out of making her explicitly, explicitly fat. Um, which I, yeah. I don't know what my opinion on that is. But I think that like, let us have one. Come on. (laughs) She doesn't have to be, like, overtly fat. She can be just a little bit fat. She can just be entertainment fat. Fine with me. But, like, (laughs) when someone is clearly, like, conventionally attractive and sings that material, I'm like, leave some for us. (laughs) (laughs) It's also just, like, did you do the research? True, yeah. Like, when I see, when I see, you know, we keep, bringing back Tracy but when I see characters who are singing Good Morning Baltimore because they like the song I'm like great that's awesome for your bedroom or your car when you're belting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like if you are a skinny identifying person like why are you bringing that into an audition not even identifying just plain straight up if you're skinny I have to say that because nobody identifies as skinny (laughs) (laughs) I I mean very very few people I think that's true. Um, sorry, I, I like had to specify that because that's no. like the whole TikTok discourse of the moment. It's like, <laughs> like regardless of like body body dysmorphia or eating disorders, like there is a certain level of discrimination you will experience in the world based on your size. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other like pet peeves regarding this? Ooh, pet peeves. I mean. Puppies due to sizing. Um, I'll open it up to also just any. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, speaking specifically as a musical theater theater coach, I have a pet peeve with overdone songs. That's (laughs) so valid. (laughs) I mean, like... There's so little we can control in this industry, but what you can control is your material. What is mm-hmm. inside your book? So, you know, you're, why are you wasting such limited material that you can have in your book to a song that is going to be the sixth time casting has heard it, you know? Yeah. Totally. I do think there is a balance of like, if you sing the poop out of a song, like, heck yeah, it has a place in your book. But my guess is that there's probably a song that will do just that, that isn't overdone. 
Yeah, I definitely no? agree. And like those songs are great. Film them and put them on your YouTube channel. Put them on your website. But like when it's a bunch, when you know that casting is hearing like a bunch of songs, right, in quick succession. That's a that's a time where you say, okay, maybe I can mix it up a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're looking to revamp your book, come on over, send me a DM. Let's talk because that is like my bread and butter. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is the final question. Uh, what are you doing or what do you wish other people would do to combat fat phobia in the arts? Yeah, I think... What I am doing is I am just showing up unapologetically. Like there is no reason why that I should not speak up and have a platform. I have a platform. Why not use it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you see something that someone says or is wrong, like speak up, use your voice. I recently had a reel where it was stating everybody is a Broadway body, which is and I got why to, we we are here right now. Which I is why to we're do here it. right now. And I had some haters up in the comments, and mm, you know, as you do, I know it well. As you do, as you do. But I think that's the first step. It's like use your voice to the best of your ability and just show up. Like yeah. I'm not here to tell you what to do or how to say it. But if you are on social media, you have a platform, which mm -hmm. means you have a voice. And that's what I'm doing. Um, I also am just, as I said before, like I'm unapologetically going for the things that I want, regardless of how I think they should look yeah. when it comes to casting. And so, yeah, that's what I'm doing as of right now. That's gorgeous. Also like celebrate your friends who are speaking up, who are fat, who are plus size, who are trying to put a positive light on what is actually happening. Like encourage yeah. them, lift them up, cheer them on. Because even if you can't specifically speak to, you know, that you've had you know, traumatic incidents or not, mm -hmm. you can, you can always amplify other people who are spreading that message. That For sure. I have never felt so loved as when my friends fight trolls in my comments. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I can't agree more with that. Yeah. I usually, I usually just delete them. But then if someone like writes like a really intelligent reply, I'm like, I'm going to leave that up. People should see that rebuttal. I also think to anyone who's listening to this who has a social media platform which is everybody and if you're specifically if you're getting fat hate on there um or really most most kinds of identity-based discrimination via troll comments i think that's a sign that you're doing something right and that people need to hear what you have to say mm -hmm. because there are people out there that that uh don't aren't on the same page and maybe you can help get them somewhere near the same page. Yeah. yeah. And it's also too that, you know, you can control who you're following. So why yes. not expand your network to follow people who don't look like you to see their viewpoint? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's something that you can control. So it doesn't feel so jarring to you when you see these kind of images of fat women. Who are just yeah. living their lives. Like, that's one thing that you can do, too. 
for sure. Do you have any follow recommendations? Oh, yes. Okay. Her name is Nutritional Blonde. And it her name is Emma. And that's her handle, obviously. And I freaking love her page. She is just so positive and so just herself on her page. And it just screams like, I'm fat and I don't care. <laughs> and I just I just love that kind of I love when people just express who they are without caring what they're going to get in return. Yeah. You know, and that's beautiful. Oh, that's the kind of energy I want in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, definitely. I love that so much. So last thing, anything to uh, plug your social media marketing branding coach actor coach all the things Um, all the things all the hats (laughs) or uh anything you want to leave us with where can people find you yes so i am all up in the gram so follow me (laughs) follow me on the gram i'm jenna lee miller and my theater and brand coaching page Um, my business is called problem solved which you can find me at problem solved by jenna and my emails are the same as my handles and you can find me there Um, i share lots of broadway theater behind the scenes social media tips on my personal page and i share theater, audition hacks, song choices, branding tips for actors and artists on Problem Solved Instagram. So follow me there. And if you're listening, send me a DM. I am all about the DMs. Let's start a Mm -hmm. conversation. Let's be virtual friends. I'm all about it. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jenna. This was a great conversation and I'm so excited for everybody to meet you and hear what you're about. Uh, Thank you so much. It was so fun to talk about this. I feel like I never get an an outlet like this to talk about this stuff. I mean, me too, until I started this podcast. But yes, I completely feel you. It's like, it's, uh, it's so can be such an uncomfortable topic to broach with people sometimes. Um, So that's why we need to have these conversations about it. And we need to have them publicly. Heck yeah, this is the first step. I feel amped. Yay! (laughs) All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening to More Than Tracy Turnblad. If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. Also, follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all at More Than Tracy T. And just tell your friends. Word of mouth is great, too. You can find more information at morethantracyturnblad.com. Thank you.